0: You're listening to Market Scale. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to the assistant professor in robotics and biomechanics for Oregon State University, Ravi Balsubramanian. You can call me Ravi, that's perfectly fine. Do me a favor, if you would, give me a little bit of the background of what is it about academia and this particular field of robotics and biomechanics that really has your heart.
1: Okay. Um, that's a, a excellent question. Um, um, I think uh, me as an educator and a researcher, I keep uh, uh, always getting back to the point about why I'm uh, why I'm doing this. And the basic, uh, uh, the fundamental reason for this is we want to expand the body of knowledge. Um, so as um, as a whole society, as uh, as as the whole world. Uh, we all uh, together, we all have shared knowledge and it's because of the shared knowledge that, uh, uh, that the world keeps moving forward. Uh, now, uh, uh, now and then uh, uh, somebody will uh, discover something new or invent something new. And that is based on that person's own special ability of uh, having an insight into how uh, uh, the universe works. Or how technology works, to be more specific, and so that person uh, um, um, invents or discovers something and shares it with the uh, with the whole world, and that's um, that's one of the uh, uh, um, um, th- that's one of the uh, the goals of being a researcher. Now, if you're an educator, now uh, it's not just you who is uh, inventing or discovering things, but you. Uh, 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 train somebody else also to be able to uh, invent and discover. And that is actually a very um, satisfying process, sometimes even more satisfying than one, uh, oneself actually discovering, uh, um, you know, or inventing something when you actually enable somebody else like your student uh, to find something out. Now um, I do uh, research and uh, education uh, in the topic of robotics and biomechanics. Um, robotics, um, I'm sure most of uh, of the people are aware. Uh, it is about uh, uh, building and uh, uh, building intelligent uh, uh, machines, and that uh, assist uh, um, 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 uh, people. Uh, whether it is in manufacturing, or whether it is at at homes, or whether it's in the surgery uh, room. And um, there are really many, many possibilities when we think about robotics. Um, Now, we are even seeing autonomous cars uh, starting to come on the road, for example. Now, in the the context of biomechanics, it's uh, what I focus on is uh, studying the human body's uh, motion. And, Um, uh, learning from the human body's motion to improve robotics um, and at the same time using robotics to improve quality of life for people who may have uh, some disabilities or they may be senior um, and so on.
0: So that's really what I do. As a teacher, as an educator, but also as a researcher, you find satisfaction in knowing something or having an answer and being able to provide that. But as a researcher, you really love finding things that you don't know.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, And uh, that is one of the primary uh, goals of uh, some of the faculty in in, uh, research universities.
0: The concept uh, that I want to talk about briefly is the uncanny valley. That is the point where you've designed a mannequin's face, for example, and it almost looks like an actual human face, but there's just something missing. And I want to take that concept of the uncanny valley and put it into the biomechanical aspect of a robot and the movement of a machine in trying to mimic a natural human's movement. Can you tell me a little bit about that challenge?
1: Sure. Um, There are several people uh, working on um, improving robot movements, and this could be either uh, the robot walking Or this could be the robots um, using its arms and hands to uh, to pick up things, for example. Now, um, I I don't personally work on uh, uh, robotic walking, but there are several others working on that. And the goal there is um, instead of uh, very staccato and very jerky uh, leg movements, um, uh, people are trying to design uh, machines and Um, algorithms that work with those machines, that is software that makes the robot walk much smoother and more efficiently like a human. Um, Now, in the context of uh, um, uh, robots using their arms and hands to physically move things around, uh, that's called robotic grasping and manipulation. And um, I work in that domain uh, with another colleague of mine, Cindy Grimm. And the goal there is um how do we get robots to pick up things um on let's say our office table or our dining table or uh, you know bring us a drink um uh, in uh, in a manner that a human would do it so that now when the robot uh, brings that cup towards a human the human is not scared by the movements the robot is doing and uh, rather it's um much more natural and as soon as the human Um, grasps that cup, the robot lets go, but not before that. So those are some of the things that uh, people work on to make uh, uh, robots uh, um, walk and uh, function like humans in our daily environments.
0: What have you found to be the biggest challenge in trying to translate a biomechanical movement into the robotic deployment?
1: I I can I can try to answer that question in this in the context of robotic grasping and manipulation. Okay, so um, um, it is while robots can have cameras to observe objects, while robots can have um, accurate um, you know motors uh, to move their arms to let's say within a millimeter of where the finger should be. um, The problem is. we don't know exactly how to deal with that physical interaction at the point of contact. For example, the object uh, may be um, flexible, and so when the robot goes to close the fingers uh, on the object, the ro- object's surface shape may change, and so the object may fall out out of the hand. Um, the object may not be heavy enough to deal with the robot making contact with the object and so maybe knocked out of the robot hand. So these are some of the challenges in um, that we are dealing in, uh, in the context of robotic grasping and manipulation. And so we want to learn some of the methods or the heuristics that uh, people use to deal with such uncertainty.
0: It's almost as if you're having to flip the concept of, Uh, the computer world's human-machine interface, and you're having to create a machine-human interface. Uh, For what purpose? I didn't fully understand that. For Well, um, what I mean is there's the concept in the computer uh, world of how humans interact with computers and creating ways that make us more efficient and effective at communicating with machines or computers. And you're having to build a better... Understanding and communication from a machine into a human uh, situation or a human interaction.
1: Oh, yes, oh, that is definitely the case. We we want our robots to um, function well in our daily environments, and so the robot needs to know the context of the of the task, needs to know um, how the task should be performed, um, and also be able to evaluate for itself whether it performed the task to the human's uh, uh, satisfaction. So, uh, yes, you are right. We are actually uh, building a vocabulary for the robots to learn how to physically interact in our daily environments.
0: You're having to literally take, apart from biomechanics, being intuition or understanding or evaluation of a situation you're having to take that concept from biomechanics and translate that into behavior on the robot side
1: oh yes that's a very good way of saying that Um, humans have a lot of um, intuitive knowledge of uh, how the physical uh, objects in our world behave these are things that we learn as uh, children, as we you know pick up things, drop things, um, you know squeeze things, and so on. We really uh, have a very good physical understanding. However, it is difficult for us to verbalize uh, those same uh, that that knowledge, and so uh, that's why it's difficult for us to just program it uh, into a robot because. We don't know exactly how we are doing it or what is happening in those uh, few milliseconds of uh, physical interaction. And so that's why we conduct uh, experiments between robots and people or, or rather, rather people learning to use robots. Uh, and then the robot is learning uh, while people do it.
0: So research, obviously, in in the field of robotics and, and biomechanics is, is obviously growing. Um, do you find that with the evolution of materials that you're able to find even greater horizons within robotics and biomechanics?
1: Oh, absolutely. There's been a um, – in, in historically, uh, people have built robots with, uh, you know, um, uh, aluminum uh, screws and bolts and um, – um, gears and so on and these are all fantastic materials um, very uh, very strong durable but they're also extremely stiff when you build a robot and so so this not uh, this aspect of well this uh, this person for example is walking in a very robotic manner comes from our um, idea that robots are very stiff uh, um, um, you know uh, machines and uh, now there is a push towards what is called soft robotics. So instead of using uh, uh, screws and bolts to uh, build joints, uh, which are very stiff, now they're using polymers or like soft rubbery plastics to uh, construct joints um, so that now the robot is much softer. Now there is a trade-off when you do that. When the robot is much softer, um, it's not as precise, uh, the advantage is that now, if the robot bumps into some uh, uh, bumps into a person or another object, uh, the object is not hurt um, or damaged. Um, um, and and that way, uh, materials really are
0: helping. Now, and just to just to kind of clarify a little bit, there are several different types of things that can be correctly classified as robots. As you mentioned earlier, a machine that is performed, that is created or or built to perform either a task or a set of tasks within a given discipline, as in, for example, you mentioned being able, uh, food service. Uh, so let's say that would be in, uh, like a butler, for example, or a waiter or a waitress, uh, type of robot. You also have robots that work on, for example, on assembly lines, uh, building cars or or separating certain pieces of wood in a lumber yard. Or you could technically even call an egg sorting machine a type of robot, couldn't you?
1: Absolutely. Um, my um, perspective of our vision for uh, robotics is it's any machine that, senses things and acts. So uh, any of those examples that you gave uh, would be a robot as well. Um, for example, even the cruise control uh, in your car is something that senses the speed, then it has it thinks about how to uh, correct for that um, difference in speed between the current speed and the and the target speed, and then it's able to act and so it uh, closes the loop and then gives the gas or uh, removes the gas uh, as needed. And so that would also be a, a robotic uh, control system. And so, uh, yeah, the, my perspective of this is pretty broad.
0: So as, we, as we've seen, robots are, are they're starting to appear uh, in more in our daily lives. They're, they're coming to the consumer area. One thing that I find very interesting is the concept you've taken behaviors from human biomechanics and uh, place them into a robot, but let's go the other direction. Do you see a time when we can actually take a robot and incorporate it to assist with something biomechanical?
1: Oh, um, absolutely. Um... Now uh, I just want to clarify one thing while uh, so while um, uh, my group tries to use uh, human biomechanics to improve robots, there are there are people uh, researchers who are saying well we don't have to follow what the human is doing um, we can try to come up with probably an even better strategy using math and physics okay so the robot learns its own... Uh, a method based on its understanding of the physics of uh, physical interaction. So it doesn't have to be inspired by humans. So that's the first point. The second point is you uh, second the, the main question you asked was, well, can we uh, use robotics to improve uh, human biomechanics? Uh, yes, we certainly can. And uh, there are a lot of people who are already working on this. For example, developing prosthesis, Developing orthosis, developing exoskeletons to help uh, uh, um, people lift bigger weights or uh, endure, uh, uh, have a greater stamina. Now, my own lab, uh, we are uh, designing. Um, so, uh, let me just back, uh, step back for a moment. Um, uh, in my own lab, um, um, all these gears and pulleys and mechanisms that we use for robots, we are Now, making those same uh, mechanisms biocompatible and putting them inside the human body between the muscle and the joint so that now you can re-engineer the mechanics of movement and force production inside the body, okay? So while prosthesis, exoskeletons, and orthosis are outside the body, we are designing something that re-engineers the mechanics inside the body And another plus point of uh, what we are doing of these implants is that these implants do do not have any motors, uh, no electronics, no power required and no control signal required. And so they're completely passive. Um, And so now you can just put it inside the body just like a joint replacement, but still get uh, use the patient's own muscles to improve the strength of your joints, for example.
0: I'm trying to get my mind around that concept, so bear with me just a moment. That is absolutely mind-boggling.
1: Thank you. (laughs) We are uh, really excited in doing this. This is about um, um, taking the the patient's own muscles and making them stronger by hooking up those muscles to mechanisms um, like gears and pulleys. All this is inside the body. and um, and now the patient may have a stronger uh, knee joint or a stronger elbow or better uh, hand function.
0: So you're improving the efficiency of a naturally occurring sort of evolutionary process, for example, as you mentioned, the knee joint, hypothetically speaking, and you're actually making it more efficient than it is in its natural state. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, um, currently we are uh, focusing on um, uh, uh, disabilities um, um, for or uh, 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 yeah, disabilities or um, or seniors having difficulties um, uh, moving up, uh, uh, moving. So, uh, but you could imagine that the same technology can be used for augmentation uh, as well.
0: It's probably going to take me the rest of this day to finish processing all of the amazing things that you just said. But I do want to say thank you very much for taking the time out of your research today to speak with me. Today, I've been speaking with Dr. Ravi Balasubramanian. He is the assistant professor in robotics and biomechanics for Oregon State University. Ravi, thank you so much for taking the time today. It has been really enlightening.
1: Thank you, uh, Sean, for this opportunity. Um, um, I'm just um, very glad to have this, uh, uh, this time to um, uh, get more people uh, involved
0: in research and education. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful and successful day, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.